Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, I want to encourage you to check out our store, store.greatdetectives.net, where all of my books, ebooks, and audiobooks are available. Check out store.greatdetectives.net for all I needed to know I learned from Dragnet, all I needed to know I learned from Columbo, as well as my, uh, uh, detective story and, uh, detective novel Slime Incorporated. Well, now it's time for today's episode as we get into defense attorney. But before then, uh, it, there was actually a pilot for the series and it was called The Defense Rest. As evidenced by the, uh, Green Director's Playhouse episode, uh, we played and what, there are also some more that, uh, it will end up as app extras. She was doing a lot of work for MBC at this point and uh, clearly had star power and would make a very solid uh, lead for an NBC series. And NBC at this time was going through a period where they were constantly uh, adding new mystery series for a six-month period. Some of those include things like uh, Nero Wolf. Easy Money, Rocky Fortune, and Crime and Peter Chambers. So defense attorney could have uh, joined this uh, list or program, or as we should say, it was titled The Defense Rest. So let's take a listen to NBC's uh, uh, version here. Original, uh, I should say audition date, is August the 17th of 1951, and its client, Joseph Moriano. I attest... I insist that Joseph Moriano was wrongly and unjustly convicted of murder. No matter how long it takes, I'm going to prove it. It will be then, and only then, that the defense rests. National Broadcasting Company is proud to present Miss Mercedes McCambridge in The Defense Rests, the first in a new and exciting series of cases from the files of an outstanding woman attorney, Martha Ellis Bryant. When young, attractive Martha Ellis Bryant chose law as a career, she was expected to take advantage of her prominent family background and attend to the minor legal needs of the rich. Instead, she accepted the challenge of defending the defenseless. Joseph Moriano was one of the defenseless. So was the elderly, poorly dressed, grimly determined man who came to her office on the night of May 6, 1950. He opened the door without knocking. Who's there? Excuse me. Yes? I, I'm looking for Martha Ellis Bryant. I'm Miss Bryant, but the office is closed. I thought that door was locked. And my friends tell me you are the one I should see. Yes, well, it's very late, and I was just leaving. I have a dinner engagement. No, please. I take only a minute. 
I've come about Joe. Joe? Joseph Mariano. They say he killed a man named Freddy Cellini. You know about this? No, no, I don't think I do. When did it happen? In December, uh, December 10th, 1939. 1939? Well, that was almost 12 years ago. Yes. It happened in a restaurant uh, run by Bella Groton. It's down on State Street. You remember now? No. No, I'm afraid I don't. Yeah. In the back of Bella's restaurant there was a gambling room. But the police were after Bella, so on the night of Freddy Cellini was murdered, the back room it was closed up tight. Hi, fella. I, uh, I, I come in and get warm. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah. No, honest. That uh, wind out there really cuts you up. Boys, call us December 10th on record, you know that? Yeah. Ready to close up. It's late. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, no customers tonight? Not the kind of customers you mean. Oh, sure. Sure, I know. Gotta be careful, Bella. Yeah. Come on out to the kitchen, Freddy. I'll give you something to warm you up. Okay. All right. What makes you so nervous? Nervous? I'm not nervous. What's that? Someone. Who is it? Who? There's a man coming in the restaurant. Who? Who? Look, Bella. Some of the boys have been saying I went to the cops about places like Shut this. up. He's coming back here. Yeah, but it ain't true. But they're after me, see? He's got his face covered up. He's got a gun. It's a stick-up. No, no. Guns for me. I was one about it. Tell him, Bella. Tell him I didn't do it. Freddy! Bella! Freddy! Freddy! So that was the end of Freddy Cellini. Yes, Mr. Bryant. Nobody really knew why he was killed. Nobody much cared. He was not a good man. But then uh, one day the police come for Joe Mariano and they say he killed Freddy. Uh, Joe is uh, not at home, only his wife and the two bambinos. The police are looking for Joe, but they don't find him. And then uh, Joe, he's uh, here. The police look for him. He goes to a police station to say he did not uh, do it. Yes, and then what happened? Joe is uh, sent to prison for the rest of his life. He's there 12 years now. But he's uh, not do it. I tell you, he's uh, not do it. Do you have proof? Yeah, I am Tony Mariano. Joe is my son. My son not kill Freddy Cellini. My boy is not a murderer. I know. Oh, I see. That's your proof. Well, uh, you not believe me. Mr. Mariano, I'm very sorry. I know it's hard for a father to believe. But if he was convicted and sentenced for life, there must have been good reason. My boy, he don't do it. Someday, somehow he get out. I see to that. I live for nothing else. Why did you wait for 12 years before taking any action? If my friends they tell me it took big money to find a man who really killed Freddy Cellini. Now I got the big money. Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars? That is a lot of money. Not if it buy freedom for my boy. Suppose it doesn't. Well, then somehow I get more. Someday, 
Somehow, Joe is a get out. City desk, Crane speaking. Hello, Judd. Oh, I'm glad you answered the phone. I, I want... wait. Don't tell me. Let me guess. It's Martha Ellis Bryant. Yeah. I hate to mention this, old friend, but you stood me up tonight. We had a date for dinner. Yes, I'm terribly sorry, Judd. I'm still at the office. I was detained, and I couldn't call. Another man? Yes. A man with $5,000. Well, that's the breaks. But how could I hold your interest forever in a mere reporter's salary? Judd, listen to me. I don't think I'm bitter. If I can ever be of help... You can be of help. You can meet me at Bishop's Steakhouse in an hour. With some information. Information about what? About a 12-year-old murder. Anyway, after this Freddy Cellini was killed, the police moved in fast. This all had something to do with an official war and small rackets. I guess the cops were afraid his death would cause an outbreak of gang killings. They got a tip on this Moriano for... Where did it come from? Well, it was never brought out. At least there's nothing on it in the files of the dispatch. They just got the tip on him, and at first they couldn't find him. Later he surrendered. That's right. Voluntarily. Yeah. Protesting his innocence every inch of the way. How did you know? I'll tell you in a minute. The point I'm trying to make, Judd, is this. If a man is innocent, he surrenders to clear himself. Otherwise, he lets the cops find him. Mm, maybe. But Moriana was brought to trial. But on what basis? I think I'll have some coffee now. Okay. Eddie? Yeah? Uh, some hot coffee for Miss Bryant. Coming right up. Well, the basis was confused testimony about what he was doing on the night of the murder. He told one story, the wife another. Until he had a record, he was on probation. Oh? It was enough to get him life in the state penitentiary. Life? On such flimsy evidence? No. Bella Groton cinched the conviction. She identified him as the killer. She'd have identified anybody as the killer to save her own skin. She was tied up with every petty racket in town. Didn't the court question her testimony? Oh, Bella was nobody's fool. The minute the police put the heat on, she slapped a padlock on her back room and became respectable citizen number one. Yes, but even so... Yeah, but it all boils down to this, Marty. The state wanted to make an example of Moriano. Like I told you. They didn't want a repeat of the bloody gang wars of 1932. I still think the sentence Here's was a little... coffee, Miss Bryant. It's nice and hot. Thanks, Eddie. You like the little music, too? Mm, uh, sure, sure. So how about a nickel? Uh, okay. Here. Judd, it was Joe Moriano's father who came to my office tonight. A guy with 5,000 bucks? He said he had 5,000 bucks. He wanted me to use it to get Joe out of the penitentiary. He says the kid didn't do it. That he was framed. Oh, come now, you don't. No, think he was it... so sincere, so on the level. Why did the old man wait twelve years? It took him that long to get the money. Hmm. Where did he get it? The money? Yeah. Well, he didn't say. Oh. You'd make a fine reporter. There might be a good story here. Do you have old Moriano's address? Yes, he gave it to me. He wrote it out on a slip of paper, and I put it in my purse. He tried here some. Here, here it is. Oh, this can't be it. This just says, Tony, Box 32. <laughs> Box 32? Oh, baby, did you get taken? Taken? Sure, so sincere, so on the level. If anyone was framed, it was you. 
Almost. What are you talking about? Just this. The old man's probably a front for young Moriano's mom. They've obviously decided the kid's cooled his heels long enough, so they've cooked up some phony idea to spring him. I still don't see what Marty, that is. Marty, Box 32 is the post office address of a little village out on the flats near the river. You know the place. It's made up of packing crates, burlap, and busted hopes. Oh, Pauper's Paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, how would a guy who lives in Pauper's Paradise get 5,000 bucks? Come on, Judd. Let's find out. We just want to know one thing, Mr. Moriano. Where did you get the money, the 5,000? Here, there. It's not important. No, but it is important. Did Joe have it uh, hidden away somewhere? Or is it from some mob who's trying to spring him? A mob? No. No, that the money is mine. For 12 years, I worked for it. Day, night. Finally, I even sell my home. Why do you think I live here in this place, hmm? And now Joe has no home when he get out. But he get out someday. Somehow. I get him out of it, take the rest of my life. Life? That can be a long, long time. Yes. That's what my boy think when he got a sentence for killing he don't do. Life can be a long, long time. I've been looking through the paper for your yarn on Moriano. What's the matter? Isn't a father's faith in his son even good for a human interest story? Oh, lay off, Marty. I told you how I feel. I don't believe a word the old man said. I still think he's a tool for young Moriano's mob. The setup just isn't on the level. And I'm not going to write a sob story just to glorify a killer. Oh. Have you got proof that he is a killer? They didn't give him life for shooting pool. Besides, he had a record. He was on probation. Sure, I just read the transcript of the trial. He was public enemy number one. He robbed a grocery store. He got two bucks and a record. Look, Marty, can you prove he isn't a killer? I don't know. But I'm going to try. NBC is bringing you The Defense Rest, starring Miss Mercedes McCambridge as the outstanding woman attorney, Martha Ellis Bryant. An old man's dogged faith in the innocence of his son is a poor substitute for concrete facts. Still, it was that faith... And that alone that drove Martha Ellis Bryant to state penitentiary, where she is talking to Joseph Moriano. You say you're not guilty, Joe. But I read the transcript of your trial. You couldn't prove your innocence then. No, ma'am. My lawyer wasn't much good. He, he didn't even let me understand. He was afraid. I don't know why. But Judge Clinton knew I wasn't guilty. He said so. The judge who gave you life? Yeah, in his chambers after the trial. 
Oh. He said it after the trial. You can check on that, Miss Bryan. He, he'll tell you that it's so. I'm afraid not, Joe. Judge Clinton died several years ago. Are there any other facts that didn't come out in the trial? They took me from one police station to another every few hours. Taking me around the horn, they call it, so my lawyer couldn't get me out. Anything else? No. Only Bella Groton. What about her? Well, the first two times she saw me, she said I wasn't the man. Then all of a sudden, she said I was. Uh-huh. Joe, uh, what about your wife? I'd like to talk to her. Do you ever see her? No, ma'am. She... Rosie's dead, too. She died having a baby about four months after I got sent up. I'm sorry. Where are the children? In a home. I try not to think about them. Oh. Miss Bryant, do you think you can help me? Do you believe that I'm telling the truth? For your sake, Joe, you better be telling the truth. Judd? Oh, hi. Hi. I'm sorry to bother you here at the paper, but I want to talk to you for a minute. Oh, sure. Sit down. Well, isn't there somewhere more private? In a newspaper office? Mm. Well, is this about Moriano? Yeah. I haven't changed my mind, Marty. I still... No, Judd, listen. He's innocent. I'd swear to it. Yesterday, he passed a lie detector test. Oh, what kind of proof is that? I know. It doesn't count legally, but it counts with me. Well, were you able to get any other evidence of his innocence? No, nothing. Not concrete evidence, that is. But the judge who sent him up told him that he wasn't guilty. Well, is that Moriano's word? Or did you check with the judge? I couldn't check with the judge. The judge is dead. Mm. How handy for Moriano. So it's just his word. Yes. And it was just his word that the examining officer tried to get him mixed up on his testimony prior to the trial. They hammered questions at him for hours. Then they forced him to say one thing when he meant another. And they dragged him from station to station so that his lawyer couldn't spring him. And then there was Bella Groton. On two tries, she couldn't identify Joe. But the third time, she did. Uh, what do you mean? That was all, just his word. Didn't you examine the police records? No, that's why I came to see you. I was stopped today from examining those records. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, now, 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 wait, Marty. This conviction was legitimate. It was upheld by the Supreme Court. I don't care if it was. That boy was put behind bars by an administration that had to get a conviction and couldn't admit it was wrong. For what reason? I don't know. That doesn't interest me. But what does interest me is this. Joe Moriano is doing life for a crime he did not commit. He was a victim of the worst mess of political corruption I have ever you seen. You don't have to write it out for me. No. I want you to write it out for me. Bryant against corruption in Moriano case. The state's attorney's office today endeavored to stop prominent attorney Martha Ellis Bryant from examining records behind the conviction of Joseph Moriano in 1939. Miss Bryant says that she was... Police still withholding vital information. 
says Martha Ellis Bryant. Today, in another exclusive interview with this paper, the well-known woman lawyer who was attempting to reopen the Moriano case stated that... Hello? Judd, Marty. Oh, I've been waiting for you to call. Gee, how can I ever thank you? Oh, for what? For helping me speak my piece through your paper. Oh, you're always good copy, Marty. Well, that's nice of you to say so. But the copy has come to an end. What? You're pulling out? On the contrary. I just got to look at those records. I found what I was looking for. Yeah, what? Oh, it's a Lulu Judd. Uh-oh. Judd Stan Ellenson from the state's attorney's office just walked in the outer door. I'll call you. No, let's get together at the steakhouse about seven. It's a date. All right. I'll tell you about it then. Bryant? Hello, Mr. Ellenson. Won't you sit down? I won't take much of your time, Miss Bryant. I think you know why I've come. Certainly. It's about the Moriano case. You've been doing a lot of talking. I know, and I gather the state's attorney doesn't care much for the things I've said, which doesn't surprise me. It's not only Hendricks. It's the commissioner and the governor. I've only told the truth. You've been smearing the police force and discrediting the present regime for what happened in another regime. If I have, it's because I want action, Mr. Ellenson. You're going to get it, Miss Bryant. That's why I came here today. So that's it, Judd. The governor wants to settle this thing once and for all. He'll set up a special hearing of the pardon board next week, and if I can prove that Moriano is innocent, he'll get a pardon. And if not... I'm to drop the whole matter at once. Yeah, but will you? No. Moriano is innocent. I know it beyond any doubt. Your folks want to order? What? Hmm? Oh, yeah, a hamburger, Eddie. Well done with everything. And coffee, black. Yeah, yeah, all of the same. No onions on the burger. Cancel the onions on mine, too. Ah, you sly vixen, you. Well. That'd be all? Hmm? Yeah, well, that's all. No music? No music. No keys and no music. Now, uh... Just what evidence do you have that Moriano is innocent? Well, after I got at those records, I found the bailiff of the court where Joe was tried. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a signed affidavit that Judge Clinton had promised Moriano a new trial. Of course, that evidence is inconclusive. Judge Clinton is dead. Yeah. And the lie detector test is inadmissible. I know. That was just for my own morale. But I do have the picture I lifted from the police record files. What picture? Judge... Bella Groton testified that she didn't see Moriano from the time of the murder until she identified him on the 31st. Well? Well, this picture shows a cop taking Moriano into a precinct station, and with them is Bella Groton. Bella Groton? When was the picture taken? On the 30th, obviously. That's when he surrendered. That's when they were taking him from station to station. Now, Marty, you can't say obviously it was taken then. You have to prove it. But it's right... It could easily have been taken after she identified him. Admit it. You have no evidence. You've got no case. Well, then I've got to find Bella Groton. Where? After all the stuff that's been printed, she would have come out to defend herself if she were around. She lied. She knows she lied. She's kept hidden so that she wouldn't have to admit it. Then what makes you think you can change your testimony? I'll meet that problem when I get to it. Well, how are you going to get to it? That's what I want to know. Where are you going to find Bella Groton? I got an idea. She used to run around with a fellow who ran a carnival. That's a good place to hide. Those people take care of their own. Yeah, those outfits float all over the country. This one floated, but it was a local affair. But you can't... I'll find it if I got to cover every carnival in the state. And, Judd, 
I'd like you to cover me. What? Talk to your city editor about it. See if you'll give this search a big build-up in the paper. Well, a build-up might drive her farther into hiding. But it might smoke her out. Anyhow, I gotta risk it. I've only got a week. <laughs> Never heard of Bella Groton, huh? Thanks anyway, mister. You were my last hope. Hey, sister. You calling me? Come on over and try the game. Just look at them beautiful prizes. There's a prize with every toss of the ring. Oh, no, thanks. I don't like... Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Play the game. Hey, are you that blind same, ain't you? Yes, why? Oh, I've been reading about you. Step right up, folks. A prize with every toss of the ring. You, uh, want to know about Bella Groton? Can you tell me? Come on, folks. Don't be bashful. Don't be afraid to take a chance. Come on. Uh, what's in it for me? That depends. What do you want? For me? <laughs> I want to marry Sam. She should not have took him from me. I told her she'd pay. Where is she? Oh, with Sam. I quit the Carney business months ago. She never thought I'd find her. <laughs> Here you are, sister. The address is on this card. Thanks. Here's something for you. Okay. I am much obliged. Okay, folks. Let's go now. See the beautiful prize. Step up and talk Come in, come in. Who are you, sister? My name is Martha Ellis Get Bryant. out, you're wasting your I time. I want to talk to Bella Groton. Get out, she ain't here. I only want to know if she could have been mistaken when she identified Joe Moriano. I said she it ain't here. It won't be any good to hide her. I intend to find her, you know. Oh, that's a good story. Get out. Now, look. You caused me enough trouble. I don't see why it's Bella I want, and she's caused a little trouble herself. I want her to change her testimony about Joe Moriano. I want her to tell the truth. She'll never change her testimony. You get that? Never. Well, why not? Surely she... Okay, sister, okay. I'll tell you why not. Last week, Bella took poison. She's dead? Yeah, she's dead. Out in the graveyard. Now, get out of here. All right. I'm going. I didn't want you to read about it in the paper, Mr. Moriano. That's why I came out here to tell you. But I'll have to call off the hearing. And you better take that money. Get yourself another house. I, I, I still don't understand. Mr. Moriano, there's not a chance in the world to get Joe a pardon. No chance? No chance. Without Bella Groton, there's nothing I can do. I'm going before the pardon board in an hour and request that the petition be withdrawn. My, my, my joy is to not get out? Not ever? I'm sorry, Mr. Mariano. Sorrier than I can say. <laughs> Now, 
Miss Bryant. What? Oh, the State Board of Appeals, Al. 1911 Lower Street. Okay. Hey, just been reading the afternoon paper. You seen it? No. A good article in about a forgery. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cops broke a forgery case by enlarging some writing on a check a thousand times. They proved... Now, wait a minute. Enlarging a thousand times? Yeah. What's this a guy got to... Hey, this picture I've got of Bella and Joe together. Al, take me to the police lab. Fast as you can. The special hearing of the Board of Pardons is now in session. Where is Miss Bryant? Well, is anyone here to speak for Miss Bryant? I... Gentlemen, I'm very sorry to be late. I apologize. Mr. Chairman? Yes, Miss Bryant? May I address the board? You may. Thank you. As you know, I've been assembling evidence in the Moriano case. Such debatable items as a lie detector test, a signed affidavit from the bailiff of the court where Moriano was tried, an affidavit saying that Judge Clinton had promised the boy a new trial. Well, we... I know you're unable to accept these things. You want only evidence. But sometimes the weight of evidence, just because it's on the record, is heavy enough to crush the truth. We'll discuss the shortcomings of our judicial system some other time. Yes, I know. All you want are facts. And, gentlemen, I have them. About an hour ago, I uncovered conclusive evidence in support of Moriano's petition. You may produce the evidence. Well, gentlemen, Bella Groton is dead. A suicide. But she was the one responsible for Moriano's conviction, and I know that she lied. Can you prove that? Moriano was arrested on December the 30th at 5 a.m. He was not booked until 6 p.m. of the 31st, a day and a half later. That often happens. I know, but I ask you to look at this picture. It shows Joe Moriano and Bella Groton entering a precinct police station together. Well? If I prove that this picture was taken on December 30th, the day before Bella Groton identified Moriano at the police lineup, what then? In that event, we might be obliged to render a favorable decision. That's all I wanted to know. The police lab has enlarged a section of this picture for me. Oh, a close-up of Bella Groton? No, it's a close-up of a clock on the building across the street from Bella Groton. Will you all look at it, gentlemen? It proves that Bella Groton did see Joe Moriano on the 30th. It proves that Joe Moriano was convicted on perjured testimony. Gentlemen, look at the face of that clock. There's a mechanical date line right across the middle... The sign above it says, this date is always correct. And the date, gentlemen, is December 30th, 1939. Members of the pardon board, the defense rests. You have been listening to The Defense Rests, starring Miss Mercedes McCambridge, the first in a new and exciting series of cases from the files of an outstanding woman attorney, Martha Ellis Bryant.
Mercedes McCambridge may currently be seen in Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Inside Straight, Warner Brothers' Lightning Strikes Twice, and the United Artists' production The Scarf, currently having its premiere at the Park Avenue Theater in New York. The Defense Rests was written by Cameron Blake, produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Your announcer is Don Stanley. Hi, my name is Jeff Egan. I'm the Executive Director at Joy of Living Camp and Retreat Center. A week at summer camp is a transforming life event for children and youth that's out of reach financially for a great many families. Since 1993, Joy of Living Camp has been providing a Christian camp experience for needy children without regard to their family's financial circumstances. But we've never done it alone. We need your help to leverage the power of camp in the life of a needy child. Please visit thejoyofliving.org forward slash radio to find out how it is done and how you can help. That's thejoyofliving.org forward slash radio. Welcome back. Well, if the plot seems uh, familiar, then it should if you're a fan of the 1950s uh, mysteries, because they essentially ripped off the plot of Call Northside 777 which was both our test premiere episodes, so episode quadruple zero S, as well as our 1,000th episode special. Uh, we did the uh, version with uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, but this was a, a good adaptation. It diverged in a couple points. In the movie, uh, the man who was imprisoned was being helped by his mother rather than his father. And his wife had divorced in the movie. Here, uh, she's dead. Of course, the movie was about a reporter, and this was about a lawyer. The series would not be picked up by NBC. But as we'll learn next week, neither uh, was the idea of giving Mercedes McCambridge, starring the uh, vehicle as a great lawyer, dead as well, and we'll tell you all about that part next week. But now we turn to listener comments and uh, feedback, and uh, we start with a question from Stephen, who says, I'm anticipating defense attorney. I just heard it for the first time last week and really enjoyed it. How many episodes are there? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there are actually in common circulation, there is this episode of the defense rest and three episodes of uh, defense attorney. There is also a number of episodes that were discovered by radio spirits and are being sold by CD on CD by them. These aren't in common circulation and I won't like copy off of radio spirits disc, but many of them kind of go uh, beyond the mystery element to more just straight legal drama without mystery in it. So I think what we have available is a pretty good uh, uh, picture of it in terms of the episodes that fit the Great Detectors Old Time Radio. So we'll have uh, a total of uh, four weeks with this uh, character and Mercedes uh, Mercambridge. Also received comments on our last Philip Marlowe special with uh, Dick Powell. Uh, and Kevin says, even with the drastic story deviation, no spoilers from me, Dick Powell knocks it out of the park. He's got the charm and chops to pull off that dialogue and still sound convincing. Anyone else would just sound obnoxious. Wally Mayer in the second iteration of Michael Shane, I'm looking at you. Uh, thanks for capping off the excellent Philip Marlowe series with this tasty treat. Uh, Catherine says, uh, Dick 
Powell was adorably macho as Philip Marlowe, but my favorite of all time is Dick Powell as funny and fisticuffs prone Richard Diamond. Thanks for the ever great program. And uh, Deanna says, I will greatly miss Philip Marlowe, one of the best radio dramas of all times. Looking forward to Richard Diamond, another great show. Uh, thank you, Adam, for bringing us these shows. Which reminds me that Richard Diamond will be joining our uh, lineup in a mere four weeks. So that's something to look forward to. Richard Diamond coming in four weeks. All right, that will do it for now. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. And then uh, next week, uh, an episode of Defense Attorney. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.